Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good evening. This is Prairie International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. It is Monday night, I'm sorry, Tuesday night, March 1st, uh, 2011, and we're in the studio tonight, and we have Sean Holmberg with us. Sean? Yes, how are you doing, Chris? Doing great, doing great. So we're going to open us up in a word of prayer tonight and then go into a time of worship. And so let's go before the Lord right now. Father God, we just give you praise, Lord. Father, first of all, we just thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for your precious blood, Lord, that gives us the access and gives us the right to come before you as your children. And Father, right now we invite your Holy Spirit here in the studio. And Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to touch and minister to everyone listening to our broadcast this evening. And Father, we just ask, Lord, that your will would be done and that your kingdom would come. Father, just be in our conversation tonight. Father, as we lift up your word, as we lift up your name and praise, Father, as we join, Father, the nations on this broadcast tonight in prayer, Lord, we just declare, Father God, that you are covering the earth with your glory as the waters cover the sea, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, and we just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to Amen. get to worship. Amen. And uh, just, you know, allow the Holy Spirit, as we go into this time, to really minister to your hearts and open you up to the living God. Amen. Amen.
Can you hear me? Welcome back to Intimate in the Word um, with Prayer International. Uh, my name is Sean Holmberg, and I'm here with Chris Herzog. You still with us, Chris? Yeah, I'm here, Sean. Good evening, everybody. 
And you'll have to forgive us. We're um, just getting used to some of this technology, so we may have a few minor glitches. Um, anyway, um, last night we ended up um, talking about Ephesians, and we had gone to the first um, two chapters of Ephesians, and we were talking about um, the adoption as sons, um, how God has actually adopted us into his family, and how he had a plan for our lives, um, which started before we were born. And we had brought up how in Jeremiah chapter 1, he God had spoke to Jeremiah, and he told him that before he was formed in the womb, God knew him and had a plan for him. And so in our lives, um, God has a plan for us that begins before we're born, and he carries it through. And we also had mentioned a verse where God said that the words that come from my mouth will not return to me void. And it reminded me today um, that, you know, at times in our lives, we, um, some Christians, um, we we strive to have a passionate relationship with the Lord. But at times we tend to, sometimes we seem to feel like we're slipping away. And and sometimes we worry about it. And I know I've had many friends who, they just say, think that their relationship with the Lord is not as great as it used to be. And But one of the advantages we have to following such an amazing God is we have the promises of God. Um, and he's, and he said, like in John chapter 17, verse 12, he said, um, this is Jesus talking to the Father, and he said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them I kept them in your name. Those who you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. And, and Jesus was making a declaration there that he knows whom the Father has given to him, and the Bible says that for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it, there's no, like, qualification. There's no restriction. Anybody who calls upon the name of Jesus will be saved. And, you know, the Father is powerful enough and strong enough. He's an eternal God. And that there's nothing we can do that will remove us from his love. And there's nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And it reminded me of this um, chapter in Psalms. It was Psalms 139, where David was contemplating about the greatness of the Father. And I'm just going to take a minute to read this. And David starts off and he said, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off and comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where could I flee from your presence? If I send into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were not one of them, or as, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And, and then he, and he says at the very end, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And I just wanted to encourage all our listeners out there tonight um, who may think at times that they're on their own in this. And I just want to say, you know, we're not alone. I mean, this is a life that we are living with Jesus Christ. And it's a partnership. And so there's nothing we can do that's going to separate us from the love of God. There's nowhere we can go that is too far that we can get outside of his reach. And um, this chapter in Psalms, I mean, he mentions the same thing that Paul mentions, where, or that the God mentioned to Jeremiah, which is that before we were born, the Father knew us. And even Paul was speaking about this. He was saying that the Lord had fashioned a plan for us. And I'll, I'll turn back real fast to, um, to Ephesians. Let me find the verse really fast. Um, it's if I start at chapter I mean in chapter one of Ephesians verse four, it's, Paul says, "Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love." And the Bible says that the, 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 that um, God is patient, not willing that any should perish, that all but that all should come to repentance. And you know the the Father has a plan for us, and we need to rest in the and come and understand that there's nothing we can do that is going to change God's opinion about us. For His opinion's already been set in stone; He's already spoken His opinion of us, and we need to understand that opinion of the Father. Because if no one ever tells you who you are and what your purpose is, then you will walk around without really having any kind of idea of your real identity. It's um, it's sort of like the equivalent if that you were an orphan and you were really and you were really part of some rich family, but you never knew about it. Um, there's blessings and there's opportunities that are available there that you wouldn't know about if someone didn't tell you, and the only way that we know anything about our lives and who we really are is by knowing about Jesus and knowing who he really is. And the only way you can do that is through the Bible, which is why it's important for us to constantly, I mean, every day, to go through this Bible and to, I mean, with a hunger and a passion to go after this word, because this word will actually explain every answer we ever have. Um, and we were, me and Chris were talking earlier about our identities in Christ. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so the words that you speak over yourself have life. Because James says there's power, there's power of life and death in the tongue. 
And so we need to take the word of God and we need to speak them over our lives. Um, and there, I mean, some of, I mean, and so you can literally make a list. I actually went online and I found a list of just scriptures that talk about our identity in Christ. Um, I'm redeemed and forgiven, Ephesians 1, 6 through 8. I have been justified and made righteous, Romans 5, 1. I have eternal life, John 5, 24. I died with Christ to the power of sin, Romans 6, 1, 6. I am the salt of the earth, Matthew 5, 13. I am the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. Um, I am to do what Christ commanded his disciples. Um, let's see. And so, literally, I mean, you can go on the web, you can go onto the internet and just find verses, or you can just go through your Bible and find these verses. And what um, I would suggest is actually just start writing all these down. Um, you know, when I was a kid and I first um, came to the Lord, um, one thing the Lord had urged me to do was I literally got a spiral and I sat down and I started writing just all the scriptures in the Bible, and I would go from chapter to chapter to chapter just writing down scriptures. Um, that spoke to my heart, and then every day I would just read those scriptures over myself. And it, in in doing so, it actually every time I have a doubt, I have a scripture in the back of my head that will remind me of my place and remind me of who I am in the Father. And so I just want to encourage you that we really need to do that. We really need to have a knowledge of who we are in the Father. Because, you know, the enemy is going to lie to you, and the enemy is going to try to deceive you, because he doesn't really have any power anymore. Because, I mean, Jesus said that he had the keys of the kingdom. He had he had conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so the only authority the enemy has is, is what we give him, and that's only when we listen to his lies. When he says that we can't do something, and he says that we're not good enough, and he says that we're not righteous, and he says that God doesn't love us, we need to be able to come back to this word and stand on this word, to be rooted and grounded in this word. And so I'm going to pick it up in um, Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll just go through a little bit a little bit of this, and then we'll go back into some worship. And Paul said, for this reason, and you know what, actually, I'm going to go back to verse to chapter 2 verse 19 and I'm going to start there again and it and he said now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners the fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you were also being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. And there it is in verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. And chapter 3, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And in verse 5 there, and it's talking about the same verse, where it says, 
we talked about this last week as well, where it says that um, nobody knows the heart of the Father except for the Spirit of the Father. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit would take what, what it says and declare it unto us. And he said that he and that the Holy Spirit would bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said to us. In verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace of God, which given to me by the effective working of his power. And I love this next, these next couple um, passages because um, it really shows the heart of Paul. I mean, and you have to understand, Paul was the bad guy. Paul was the head bad guy. I mean, his job was to go around and to persecute those people who who had followed Jesus. And so there was Christians who, I mean, were possibly afraid of Paul because he was, I mean, if he found them, he would have orders to actually kill them. And And he said to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory. And it's funny because, I mean, Paul mentioned that he starts mentioning this plan of the Lord, and that... All throughout the Bible, if you start in Genesis and you work your way through, it's a constant revelation of the character of God and the love of God and the faithfulness of God. And and it constantly makes reference of God's plan and of Jesus Christ. But people's eyes were blinded. And now the Holy Spirit has been given unto the church. And the Holy Spirit will open the and opens our eyes and he opens our ears and he gives us revelation and he gives us the ability to understand what the word says. And then in verse fourteen, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I wanted to go back to um, verse 19, where it says, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. The only thing that is more important than having knowledge is knowing the love of Christ. 
you can have all the knowledge in the world and you can have all the answers in the world, but if you don't understand the love of Christ, then it won't really get you anywhere. Because in the end, the only thing that's going to matter is we're going to stand before God the Father and it's going to come down to do we know Christ Jesus? Because, I mean, Jesus even spoke in the Gospels. He said there are many who are going to come saying, well, we did this, and we did this, and we were great here, and we did all this stuff. And Jesus is going to say, but I never knew you. And so we need to come to the realization that the most important thing in our lives is our relationship with the Father. And it's hard because we get so distracted because we go to work and we have families and we have children and we have um, all these different things in our lives that make up our lives and that we sometimes don't realize that, I mean, that the Father is always there, that the Holy Spirit was given to us and that we have an ability to have an actual relationship with the Father. And so everywhere we go, whether you're at work or whether you're at school, you're always in the presence of the Father. And, you know, we sometimes get, um, I don't want to say misled, but sometimes we get the mindset that if we want to spend time with God, we need to go to church. But that's not true. Because like the scripture said in Psalms, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? we have the ability to have a relationship with the Father wherever we're at. And the Father longs to be in a relationship with us. And so I'm going to um, go ahead and take off some more worship. And then we will be back in just a few minutes.
Welcome back to Intimate in the Word. This is Prayer International. My name is Sean Holmberg, with, and I'm here with Chris Herzog. And before the break, we were talking to, um, through Ephesians, and I wanted to skip over to Philippians, because we had, we, we had mentioned Paul, and how Paul had this very um, interesting um, life in the fact that he persecuted the church, and then something happened to him. And which is something that happens to most of us is that we're living our lives and they're not always going that well. And then he shows up, the Father that is, and Jesus shows up in our lives and he opens our eyes for the first time. And it's almost like when you're a baby and you're just being born and the first moment that sunlight hits your eyelids and then your eyes open for the first time and you see the world for the first time. And when he shows up, something changes on the inside of you. And these spiritual eyes that are inside of you open up and you see everything differently. And because life without him is completely different. There's an emptiness that's there. There's a despair that never goes away. There's a constant longing for something that you can never quite identify. And because we are wired and programmed to have a relationship with our Creator, we just never know about it until someone tells us and until we are introduced to Him for the first time. And so I just want to say for anybody out there listening, if you don't know him, he wants to know you. I mean, Jesus loves you, and he died on the cross for you. And there's nothing that you've done, nothing that you could ever do that's going to separate you from his love. And there's nothing that you could ever do that's going to outweigh the love which the Father has for us. And his blood and his sacrifice covers all of our sins. And Paul was a perfect example. And I wanted to skip over to Philippians um, chapter 3 because Paul talks about this a little bit. And we're going to go to, um, I guess I'll start at um, verse 3, and he says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. And actually I'll stop there. Um, Because it's interesting he said that Because, you know, Jesus said something like that um, Before And because Jesus was talking In the Gospels And he says that People worship what they don't know And he said For the time is coming and now is When the true worshipers Will worship the Father In spirit and in truth For the Father is seeking such To worship him And it's And I I believe it's not just those people who are worshiping out of habit or worshiping so that because they have to go to church and because it's something they're required to do and because it's something that they feel they're supposed to do. But God is looking for people who want to worship him because it's a natural expression of our love toward him and our relationship with him. And then he said... Um, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. 
though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. And he's pretty much saying, you know, I did it all. All the standards that man had set up and said that this is what you need to do to be approved by God, but it wasn't what God said. It was what man said, and it was man's standards. And he said, I've done it all. I've, I have the pedigree. I have the, I have the resume that proves my status and my rank. But, you know, God doesn't care about statuses, and he doesn't really care about ranks because no one outranks him. And, you know, all that God cares about is the heart. And because, you know, Jesus said, you know, man looks at the outward opinion, but God looks at your heart. And he said, and Paul said, but what things were gained to me? These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if I, by any means, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have understood, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And, you know, I wanted to go back over some of this um, just for a minute. In, in verse 7, he said, I count all things what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. And yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Because, you know, you, you can have everything. You can have the perfect life and you can have the perfect dream or the dream that you think that you've been dreaming. And But you'll get to the end of the road and you'll realize that it really doesn't mean as much and it's not as satisfying and it doesn't bring you as much joy as you would expect. Because, you know, at times we have these dreams for our lives and there's things that we think that will make us happy and then they and they don't. And so what we need to do is come to the Father and find out through Him who we really are. Because we'll never know our identity unless we first learn who He is and learn who the Creator is, and learn what His plan is for our lives, and learn what He has said about our lives. Because, you know, I have a toaster in my kitchen, but if I call it a microwave, it's never going to truly be your microwave, because the manufacturer said it was a toaster, and it only has one purpose. And so, regardless of what me or my children call it, it's not going to change the fact that 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 toaster was made for a specific purpose by its manufacturer, and every one of 
the Christians that are listening by the radio and any of you out there who don't know the Father, I just want to say, you know, it, there's no difference. The Lord has a purpose for your life, and the Lord created you for a reason. And I urge you to spend some time with the Father and to spend some time reading the Bible and spend some time before him to find out what your purpose is and to find out what it is he calls you for. And I can tell you the first part of it is just to have a relationship with him. Because even Paul said that he counted all things lost just for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. And then it says later on, he says in um, verse 9, And having been found in him, not having my own righteousness, but the righteousness which is through faith. And we come to the point where we realize that there's no more striving. I mean, Jesus said, um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And Jesus talks about resting in him. And we have we have rested from our labors of trying to fulfill the law. And we've rested from our labors of trying to meet up to the standard because the standard was met in Jesus Christ. And we've already been perfected, and we talked about this last night. We've already been made righteous through faith in Christ Jesus. And then something that's really important in verse 12, he said, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know, the Bible says that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. It's never so much about the words that people say. It's about the Holy Spirit behind those words. And it's the goodness of the Father that draws men to himself. And so we strive to find out that for which he has actually called us for, which is a relationship with him. And Paul's saying, you know, I, um, the past doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's gone on, whether they were good things, whether they were mistakes. I'm not perfect, perfect yet, but in his eyes I am. And so at this moment I'm choosing, I'm just going to press on, and I'm going to follow the Lord, and I'm going to pursue him. And this is the only thing that's going to matter is I'm going to pursue the Father. And he says in verse 13, I do not count myself to even understood anything, but I'm forgetting what's behind and reaching forward to what's ahead and pressing for the call, uh, or pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you today, um, wherever you're at and whatever your situation is, whether maybe you're doing great, maybe you're not doing great, um, Come before the Lord and come to him and understand that he cares for you and understand that he loves you and understand that, you know, any, regardless of what people said about you, whether it's your friends or your parents or someone in church, it really doesn't matter what man's opinion is of you today. The only opinion that it matters is the opinion of God the Father. And he spoke his opinion of you before you were even born. And then he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. Because he said that, you know what, you're more valuable than anything else. You know, Jesus said if there was a hundred sheep and one of them was gone astray, you know what, he would go after that one. So even the one person out there, if you feel alone and you feel like there's nobody that loves you, well, you know what, Jesus did. And the Father has a plan for your life. And he wants you to know that his opinion matters. And his opinion matters more than anybody else's because he's the one who created everything. And so we're going to um go we're going to play a couple more songs and then we're going to go into a time of prayer. And you know I urge you if you have any if you have something you want prayer for 
um, whether it's sickness or just something going on in your life, or if you just want to talk about something, um, give us a call. Our number is 619-638-8458. And then we're going to go into one of two worship songs, and then we will be right back.
Well, it is about the 10 o'clock hour. My name is Chris Herzog, and welcome to Prayer International Radio again. We are picking it up. We were in the studio for the last hour with Sean Holmberg, and he was sharing his heart as the Lord was leading about our identity in Christ. So with that being said, we are going to go into a time of prayer, and if you are uh, watching by Blog Talk Radio, you're listening, maybe you're on the internet, maybe you're actually up on our website listening that way, uh, feel free to call in or get on to our chat line. We've got people standing by to communicate with you via phone, via chat. And again, if you're uh, wanting to know, our website is www.prayerinternational.org. And if you have any questions or you just want to reach us, have any things you want to let us know about, you can actually email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so let's go ahead and go before the Lord in a time of prayer. I'm going to go ahead and open this up. You know, if uh, you don't know the Lord, now is a good time to maybe invite him into your life. And just like Sean was saying, you know, we were created, we were wired, we were formed to know him. And apart from him, you may find a void and an emptiness and just a just a loss for direction. So we want to encourage you, go to the one that created you. Go to the one that purposed and fashioned dreams and destiny for you before the foundation of the earth. So with that being said, we're going to go into a time of prayer. And then... For those of you that may not know the Lord, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And of course, if you do go to the phone lines, feel free to call in. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you. And Lord, we just give you praise and glory and honor. Lord, we just thank you for your blood. We just thank you for your blood, Lord. We just give you praise. We just give you glory. We thank you for Christ Jesus that was the sacrifice so that we could have a relationship with you. So Father, I pray for every man, every woman, every child, every teenager, those that are listening, Father, around the globe, those that are listening in the nations, those that are listening right here in the local area, Father, I pray, Father God, that they would have an understanding of who Jesus is, that, Father, the eyes of their understanding, Father, would be opened and flooded with light, Father, that they would know the hope of their calling, they would have purpose and destiny infused and downloaded into their hearts. The Lord, you would begin to open up their hearts, Father. That you would begin to open up their hearts, Father, so that they can receive the King of glory, so that the King of glory can come in. And we just give you praise, Lord. 
Well, Father, we just ask, Lord, for those that are listening, Father, that are struggling, that are struggling, and, Father, those that are going through hard times in relationships, Father, we just pray, Father God, for marriages right now, Lord. Father, for men and women, Father, to be restored, to be reconciled. Father, for the peace of God, for the unity of God, to fill their marriage, to fill their life, for the love of God to touch them. Father, right now we pray, Lord, for those parent-child relationships, Lord, that you would turn the hearts of the fathers and the mothers to the children and the hearts of the children to their parents, Lord, that you would bring a unity and honor, respect over the home, Father, bring order to the home, Father God, that you would, Lord, work inside of those relationships, Father, that have been broken and wounded, that have been inordinate. Father, we pray, Lord, that the plans of the enemy would be stopped and that, Lord, your plan and your purpose, Father, would be, Lord, over every person listening, Father, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in their lives. We thank you, Father, for your love. Lord, cover them in your love. Cover them in your peace. Baptize them with a fresh fire and a fresh passion. And reveal your love. Reveal your plan to them in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you're listening tonight and you don't know the Lord, I just want to lead you in a prayer tonight, and then we're going to pick up a little more worship, and I'm going to go into a time of teaching and continue to lay that foundation that Sean started with about our identity in Christ. So right now, if you don't know the Lord, just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner. And I realize without you, I have no place in heaven. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sin. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. And help me to forgive those that have done wrong to me. Open up my heart, Lord, and let your will be done. Let your kingdom come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me and guide me and be the Lord master of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look, if you prayed that prayer or a prayer like it, right now, we just ask, go to the phone, the number is 619-638-8458. We just ask that you would just we would just ask that you would work in a mighty way. Lord, just touch these people, draw them. 
Now, if God's tugging at your heart, feel free to call us and just realize there's no formula. This isn't religion that we're teaching or preaching or talking about. We're talking about a person. His name is Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh. God came to earth in the form of a man. He lived a holy, sinless life. He gave us an example. Showed us how to live. And he died on a cross for our sins. And on the third day he rose again and now he's seated with God in heaven. At the right hand he's making intercession for you. And so... Right now, we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit coming into your life, revealing Christ to you, changing you, transforming you, giving you the new life that only Christ can give you. So right now, we're going to go into a time of worship and just let that soak in your heart. Feel free to give us a call, 619-638-8458. I know we were having a few technical difficulties, but if you tried to call in earlier and we're unable to connect into the call, feel free to call again. And again, we do have a chat room open, and we're working with our technology, but we will uh, get a hold of you as soon as we can. So feel free to come in to the call. And right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. Thank you, Lord. Father, listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago. That the glory you had given him, we would somehow come to know. Make us one Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And, of course, we go by nicknames and that sort of thing, uh, just for everyone's safety. But right now, you guys just pray for another drummer and ask the Lord what he needs right now. And you just continue to pray for him. So, Father, right now, we just pray. And we just lift this brother up to you, Lord. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you would open up his eyes, that you would open up his ears, and that you would give him eyes to see and behold the kingdom of glory, Lord, that he would begin to see with a heavenly perspective, that, Lord, he would have a spiritual aptitude and a spiritual capacity to receive more things from you. The Lord, his ears would be open, Father, to hear your voice speaking to his heart. And, that, Father, that he would encounter and experience the reality of the Holy Spirit fresh and in a new way this season of his life. The Lord, you would put him on a plain path, that you would set his feet on a right path. The Lord, you would shift him on track in this season, Lord God, and that you would keep him from those things that are holding him back, Father, that you would bring a freedom and a deliverance into his life, Lord God, that would carry him into the dreams and the destiny that you've prepared for him. Now, Father, I pray, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit would be such a reality, Lord, that your presence would be fresh in his life and, and that you would just touch him in a real and mighty way. And, Father, we just ask this for him in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, God bless you, brother. Keep in touch with us. Get back on the chat. Feel free to give us a call if you do want to call in. You know, we're here. Uh, anyways, at the other end of this radio, at 619-638-8458. So feel free to call. Or you can email us personally if you want to get in touch. We'll email you back. Uh, Prayer International at gmail.com. And anyone listening, same. If you want to touch base with us or you have some prayer requests, Maybe God is touching you or ministering to you while you're listening to our broadcast. We want to know if you like the show. Uh, we just started a few days ago, and we're trying to touch base. We're trying to touch base uh, with everyone that is part of our listening audience and viewing audience. For those of you that are on our website and have watched some of our video uploads, uh, or maybe gotten on Ustream or YouTube, and we will have more of that coming up. So let's go ahead and go into the broadcast. Again, we just wanted to let you know how you can reach us, and, and we definitely want some feedback. So right now, as I'm reminded and, and as we pray these prayers, and, and I'm thinking about what Sean Holmberg was sharing earlier on the broadcast, it really brings me to this thought of how there's a lot of people Today, that aren't sure who they are. They're not sure where they're headed, and they're not uh, clear on what it is they're supposed to be. And when we talk about identity, that's really what we're saying: is who are we? Where are we headed? And what has God called us to do? What has He purposed us for? What has He created us for? And, you know, you can spend a lifetime trying to figure that out. You can spend a lifetime not even pursuing those things. But the bottom line is, is there, there's going to come a day when 
in the equation. You're going to sit back and look at the fruit of your life, and God is going to look and examine the fruit of your life. And you're going to look and see what the Lord has prepared for you. And then you're going to see what you actually experienced in life. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that, and I think about the Lord, and I think about that day standing before Him, when God looks at me and says, well done, I want it to be from a place of pleasure, from a perspective of, He's pleased with me. And when he says, well done, I want him to be talking to me like he's pleased with me as a beloved son. You know, when you go into the uh, hamburger joint or you go into the restaurant, a lot of times uh, you put your order in and you ask for it to be well done. And, of course, they bring it back to you kind of chart. And so I know there's going to be a day when there's going to be one group of people that get to enter into his rest. And there's going to be another group of people that will enter in to what Jesus said is weeping and darkness and gnashing of teeth, void of the presence and the love of God. And the Bible says the flame is so hot there that the fire is never quenched, and even those people that beg for a drop of water on their tongue don't ever get it. And I imagine most of the things that go through those flames come out well done. And so, you know, not to make light of it, but when God says well done, I don't want it to be his order, like he wants to char a piece of meat or cook a steak real, real, real good but rather from a position of pleasure and a position of he's pleased with the fruit that he bore and the fruit that he produced through my life. So, with that being said, you know, there's a lot of things we can do in our walk to gain a fresh perspective or really begin to align ourselves with God. And I'm reminded, uh, taking this into more of a prayer focus, where Sean kind of left off, like a springboard off of some of the things he said. You know, he talked about confession, and he talked about identity. He talked about how sometimes even the words of our mouths, how even sometimes even the words of our mouths produce life or they produce death. And we need to realize that, you know, Jesus said, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And with that being said, you know, a lot of times uh, when we speak, we need to realize that there's things being created, there's things being produced. It's setting certain things in motion. And not just that, but the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a man is ensnared by the fruit of his own lips. Jesus said it like this, you can have whatever you say, whatsoever things you desire, whatsoever things you believe, you can have whatever you say. And what that tells me is what's in your heart, whether it be good or bad, is inevitably going to come out of your mouth. And as you speak those things out of your mouth, it's going to produce 
either life, the Bible says he that sows to the spirit, raves eternal life, or when you speak, it's going to produce, the Bible says life or death, it's going to produce death because you sow to the flesh, the Bible says you reap corruption. James put it like this. He said the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It steers the whole body. And that you can't have bitter and sweet waters flowing out of the same brook. Blessings and cursings can't proceed from the same mouth. Why is that? Well, what it does is it positions us in the place of double-mindedness. And the Bible says when a man is double-minded, he's unstable in all his ways. And when he asks of the Lord, let him not think that he would receive anything from the Lord. Why is that? Because Jesus said you can't serve God and man in both. And this isn't about money, but you can't serve two masters. You know, if you're going down the road and you're supposed to go right, and you'd say left, and the person that's driving takes the left based on your direction, based on the instruction that came out of your mouth, then immediately, upon that person taking the left instead of the right, you're headed down a wrong course based on the instructions that came out of your mouth and the person who followed the instructions. And in the same way, you know, the Bible says, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, for your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's an alignment and a shift that has to take place in the life of the believer. There's an alignment and a shift that has to take place in the life of the Christian that positions them to, one, hear from God and in return obey God and then that sets them up to actually step into the things of God that he's prepared for them. And so... Like I said earlier, there's many ways we can do this. And part of that, you know, our walk with God is really a process. We have to realize that. That we're in a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. It, your relationship with God is not just a one-time prayer at an altar or in a church or over a phone. No, that's the introduction. That may be the very thing that God uses to open up your heart to uh, bring you into a, a spirit-filled life or a life with Christ. But that's not where it stops. In fact, it's just the beginning, and, and we need to proceed into the things of God. We need to walk in the things of God and not just stay at the steps, so to speak, not just stand on the porch at the door knocking. But we need to learn to walk through the door and experience what's in the house of God, experience what's in the heart of God. And Jesus said, hey, I stand at your heart's door and I knock, and if you'll let me in, I'll come in and I'll step with you. A lot of times we ask and we invite him in, but we forget about the, the the fact that he wants to move in, he wants to reside in us, he wants to habitate in us. So, well, praise the Lord. Well, I think it is coming up.
close to about 10.30, and we're actually going to go into another worship song. If you're listening, this is Chris Herzog with Prayer International Radio. You can call in. Our number is 1-619-638-8458. And you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And again, we have the chat rooms open. So feel free to touch base with us. Like I said, we're going to go ahead and go into time of worship right now. Praise the Lord.
All right, well, praise the Lord. So we're talking about identity. And a few things I brought up uh, before we went into worship were this, who am I, where am I going, and what am I here for, what is my purpose to do? You know, these are a lot of questions maybe some of you have asked yourselves, um, even in your Christian experience. Maybe you're not even in a Christian experience and you're still asking these questions. Maybe you've invited God into your heart, but you really haven't built that relationship that you've heard about. You haven't experienced that encounter with Him that others have claimed to have. And Maybe you don't feel that you're really in the middle of his destiny or purpose for your life. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that tonight, and actually the next few nights we'll probably get into it, because the truth is we could talk about these things, you know, for hours and probably never have enough broadcast to really cover all of it. So, you know, we're going to just take it a little bit at a time and just share some of the truth of God's word and, what we believe the Lord is speaking through his word and what he's revealed to us that has really impacted our lives. Um, I know for me and my family, you know, we've had a lot of experiences where we could actually tell you, hey, God is not just a storybook to us. You know, he's not just a historical encounter, a historical fact. He's not just a tradition or some religious good feeling. He's not just a set of morality and rules. But God is a living God. He's alive and is moving in the earth today. And he is a personal God. He's looking for a personal relationship. You know, Sean brought this out earlier. He said that the Father seeketh such to worship him, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, you know, we've seen a lot of religion, and when I say religion, when I say religion, what I mean by that is, just so we don't have people confused, in my opinion, religion is man trying to attain God, trying to reach up to God, trying to figure out how to encounter God, and that's what religion really is. It's different ideals, different theologies, different philosophies, different forms that people have written or established or, you know, acted out in the process of trying to get to God. But Christianity, Christianity is God reaching down to man. It's not man reaching out to God, it's Christianity is God reaching down to man. It's not religion, it's a relationship. It's a living God making every attempt that he can to encounter man, to have a relationship with people. And how different that is than religion. You know, we can make all the attempts in the world and go through all the formulas and forms and read all the books Pray all the scripted prayers from, 
you know, whether it's Christianity or, or any religion. And it's not necessarily going to get you to God. But only when you open up your heart, only when you receive the truth of his word, only when you allow his spirit to come and bring transformation and change and renewal and repentance, which is a turning from sin, a dying to sin, a dying to self, when you let his spirit come in and actually do a work in your heart that enables you to live live out the Bible, that enables you and, and his spirit helps you to walk in morality, although that's not the goal. The goal isn't to be moral. The goal is to know God. But in the process of knowing God, his spirit will compel you to change things, to let go of things, to to walk away from things, to put down certain things that God does not condone. And so like most religion that says, hey, you have to do these things or not do these things to get to God, God says, no, just come to me and I'll empower you by my spirit and enable you not to do like the rest of the world, not to do the the system of the world, not to go with the grain of the world, with the flow of the world. But rather, I'll lead you by my spirit, and I'll get you into a different system, a different flow. The Bible says those that are sons of God, those that are children of God, are led by the spirit of God. Even in all of our, what we call Christianity, and and sometimes that's a loaded word because a lot of people that say they're Christians are. A lot of people that say they know Jesus, they really do. They've had encounters with him. They've had experiences of faith with him. They've had even deeper experiences than just faith experiences, but some supernatural encounters with him that were genuine and real. But there's another set of people who, sure, they go to church, they throw their money in the bucket, and they live good moral lives and and try to do everything right. And God, I do believe that God honors those that keep his principles. And I will say this, when we do keep the principles of God, he does honor us. He blesses us. Sometimes even even the world, even those that know not the Spirit of God could still follow his principles and have successful lives, but never encounter him, never get to know him, never really have a relationship with him. And so we realize, you know, what what we do talk about here, and you'll you'll find that out, we, we talk a lot about intimacy with God talk a lot about prayer and, and listening to God and knowing God and experiencing and encountering God in real ways, encountering His presence, encountering His Holy Spirit, experiencing visitations from the Lord that, you know, a lot of times do not make sense to the brain. You can't really explain it. You can't rationalize it. You can't put it in words. 
But along with that, we're not saying, hey, let's have these spooky, kooky encounters and not have any sense in our head, not put the practical truths of the Bible into practice. There's got to be a balance. You see, God's genuine and He's all about encounter as long as it's producing the fruit and the character of God in your life. But even if you're trying to manifest and manufacture the character of God in your own strength, and you're doing it in your own might, you're doing it because man or somebody told you to do certain things, but yet you're not moved and compelled and driven by the Holy Spirit. Your chief motivation isn't a love relationship with God that's compelling you to do things that please the Lord and honor the Lord. Well, then you've fallen into a religion. You've fallen into a tradition. You've fallen into a system that even though it may talk about God, it denies the person of God. It denies the power of God. It denies the presence and the reality of God in people's lives. And I really believe that in our American churches and in our Western culture today, and even across the globe, it's not just here in America, it's everywhere, but it's more so in America that we've compartmentalized and trivialized Jesus so much that we've turned him into some form or some religion or some deal that we do a couple times a week, a few hours a day on Sundays or a few hours uh, in the evening on a Wednesday night or, or whenever we have what we call a, a service or we've reduced them to potluck dinners and and feel-good exhortations and everybody just sitting around telling their feel-good stories. But there's no encounter there's no experience. Why is that? Because the church is not praying. The church, the people of God, God says that we're to labor night and day, that we're to pray and put fire and incense on the altar day and night, continually pray, continually pray without ceasing, that we're to rise up early and seek Him and, and meditate on His Word day and night, and, and not just look at it, not just hear about it, not just see it and put it before our eyes, but do what it says. And he says, if you do all that's written in it, then you'll be prosperous and you'll have good success. What are we talking about? We're talking about encounter and experience with God. And we're talking about obedience. Following the plan of God. See, the Bible is broken down into two parts. It, it explains the person of Jesus, but it also explains the principles of Jesus. It explains to you the character of God. It explains to you the heart and the nature of God. It shows you his emotions and his feelings and how he thinks and how he responds to certain things. So it shows you the person of God, the Father, Jesus. It shows you the person of the Holy Spirit. But it also explains his law. It explains his ordinances. It explains his 
if you want to say his rule, it explains his instruction. It explains his way of doing things. And you see, a lot of times we think we can have one without the other. We can have the person of Jesus. We can be introduced to the person of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit. We can be introduced to God the Father. But then it stops right there. We we have our entrance into heaven, but we don't have to obey him. We don't have to do things his way. You see, he said those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And if you're not following a spirit who lines up with his words, then you're not following him. If you're not following his ways, if you're not doing things his way, then you're doing things your way. And you're just asking God to bless. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man but the end of its death. And we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart and in all our ways acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. So you're asking maybe, who am I? What, where am I headed? What am I here for? Let's get to know the one that made you. The Spirit of God is running to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are fully His. And He's drawing the hearts of men and women today. He's calling men and women to himself. He's calling you. The Bible says no one can come to God unless the Spirit draw him. That the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let me tell you, the Spirit of God is drawing you, calling you to come. Calling you. And if you're a Christian, God's calling you to come at his feet, to be at his feet, to sit at his throne, to sit at his feet. What do I mean by that? Be intimate with him, get acquainted with him, become one with him, get so close to him that you know the way he feels, that you know even when he breathes, that you know when he whispers, that you know when he's angry, you know when he's happy, you know when he's grieved. Get so close to him that when something moves him, you're moved on the inside. When something offends him, you're you're offended. When something makes his heart rejoice, then your heart rejoices. That's what I'm talking about, becoming one with God, aligning yourself. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Aligning yourself with the King of kings. Aligning yourself with heaven. Look, we're going to go into a time of worship. We've got about ten minutes left our broadcast. So we're going to go into a time of worship right now. When we come back, we're going to go into a time of prayer. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. And we are lifting up the name of Jesus. We are speaking to nations to be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Raising up a global watch of prayer 24-7 through multiple technology streams. And we're doing it for the glory of God. If you'd like to get involved, feel free to call us, 619-638-8458. Go ahead and email us or get on the chat. We're at prayerinternational at gmail.com, www.prayerinternational.org. And the 
Spirit of God that's pouring out His glory. And He's drawing hearts into a love relationship with Him. So as we worship, just allow the love of God to pour over your heart. Allow His presence to set your heart free as you break the chains and the heaviness that you've been dealing with this week. To lift you up above your circumstances and your struggle so that you would see the hope that he has prepared for you, that you would see the future that you have in God. Over the mountains and the your river runs with love and I will Praise the Lord. We're back. So, we're wrapping it up tonight. I want to share a little bit more. We were talking about identity. How it's really important the way we see ourselves and that we see ourselves the way that God sees us. Let me just share a little bit about that. You know, it's really important. You know, if we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we talk about the encounter in the Garden of Eden. And, you know, Adam and Eve were there walking through the garden, and the, the serpent came along. And I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this story, and we'll actually probably get into a teaching on this this week, because uh, I want to expound on this a little bit, just to kind of give you guys some insight on some things. But, you know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were walking around, they were having fellowship with God, and God was speaking to them, and they were speaking to God, and God said, you know, you guys can eat 
of any tree that is in the garden except for one, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he put that out there and he made it real plain that it's free for all. You guys enjoy whatever you want. Partake of whatever is in the garden except for that tree. Don't touch it. Don't taste it. Don't have anything to do with it. And so they understood that that's what God meant. They heard God clearly, knew exactly what he said. And so later, the devil, the enemy, it says he came along and he was more subtle than any other creature. In fact, he disguised himself as a serpent. And he came along and here he comes into the garden and he begins to talk and he begins to talk to Eve. The first thing he says is he asked her, he said, didn't God say to you that you could eat of any tree in the garden? And he just stops there. And the first thing she does, her first response to that is, no, God didn't say that. God said, you can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now I want to stop right there. I want to talk about this real quick and we're going to go into a time of prayer and wrap up the show. But a lot of times when God puts his instruction out there, when he leads us and guides us, he puts something in our heart or he puts something in the word and it's something that he wants from us or wants us to do, the first thing that happens is the enemy comes in and he begins to speak things that are contrary to what God is speaking. He begins to speak the exact opposite or he begins to change it or distort it or pervert it just a little bit. And just like Eve, see, her first response was, no, God said this. And we need to be alert. We need to be keen on that situation. And the minute we hear something come into our lives that is contrary to what the Word of God says or what God is speaking, we need to begin to declare and remind ourselves and remind our accusers and remind our enemies and remind those that are speaking things into our lives that are contrary to the words of God. We need to remind them what God is speaking. I'm going to stop there because I know we're kind of at a lack of time. Tomorrow we're going to pick this back up. I think we're going to get into Genesis tomorrow a little bit. And uh, maybe a few other books of the Bible will kind of get into some chapter and verse. But kind of go into self-image and and kind of talk a little bit more about this, uh, you know, our authority and our position in Christ and, and who we are in Christ and who our identity is. And I think maybe we'll spend some time in that because I think that's really important. If we're going to go forward in the things of God, we have to know our God and we have to know who we are. You know, the Bible says, they that know their God will be strong, shall be strong and do great exploits. And Jesus said eternal life is to know the Father and that the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment of the Father is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. What does that say right there? You have to have love for yourself. Love for God first and a love for yourself or you can't love your neighbor. It's impossible to to fulfill the plans of God without experiencing his love and understanding that love in your life and in return sharing that love with others. It's, it's part of it. It's part of the destiny and the plan and the purpose of God for your life is to experience God's love and to be set free in your heart and to share that love with others. And so if you need prayer, need to talk, go to the phone, 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. You can also reach us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And right now we're going to go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. So Father, right now, Lord, we just ask you to seal your word in our hearts tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for opening up the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing, Lord, in the earth. And Father, right now we're praying for every man, every woman, every person listening tonight that their hearts would be open to your word, that their lives would be shifted and changed and transformed by the glory of God and that they would begin to go forward in their destiny fulfilling the plan and purpose that you have for their lives. So, Father, we ask your blessings. We ask your blessings on everybody listening tonight. We ask, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would rest on them. We pray your will be done in your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Prayer International Radio. We will see you tomorrow night. Same time, same channel. God bless.